Well, good morning. Welcome to Bridgewater. Uh, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, you may have noticed on your way in that there was some pavement out in our parking lot. Um, we had a handful of projects going on around here recently, and that was one of them. You also may, if you have kids and you've been in the back anytime recently, you notice we got some new carpet back there. Um, you also, if you were back there before that, knew it was sorely needed. Um, and so I just wanted to say thank you uh, for your giving that makes things like that possible. Thank you to those who were, of you who were involved in projects like that. We're trying to uh, keep our building up to date and try and serve people well. Well, last year, or excuse me, last week, we kicked off our series called I Quit, looking at how we can uh, really break up with fear. And Matt had some of you singing along to some uh, Taylor Swift last week. And I thought about singing some Tay-Tay for you this week, but I decided I would spare you that. Um, so you're welcome. That's my gift to you um, this week. But I think if we're honest, all of us really could use a breakup with fear and with worry and with anxieties. Like maybe you use some different words for it, like uh, concern or stress or panic or fretting over or getting worked up about or maybe some uneasiness, but whatever word you might choose to use, I think all of us at times can struggle with some fear and with some worry. I think fear has a way of getting to all of us and holding us back from the life that we want to live and really the life that God has called us to. And I probably should be straight with you up front and admit that I don't come to you as some expert that has this mastered. That's really true of just about anything I teach, because as we say all around here often, everyone has a next step. We all have room to grow in becoming more like Jesus, but particularly with this uh, issue, this is something I wrestle with often, and so I'm preaching uh, to myself this morning probably just as much as I am to anyone else. Last week, we, uh, Matt talked about uh, Jesus teaching on worry in Matthew chapter six. And what we're going to do this week is we're going to look at a story uh, in the Old Testament that really gives us uh, some clues about how God relates to us in our worries and how we can set aside our worries and instead begin to trust God that he's going to take care of us. If you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to turn with me to uh, Exodus chapter 16. And if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one back at our welcome center. To get us caught up in the story, uh, Israel had been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years. And then they cry out to God. They say, God, uh, can you do something about this situation? And God hears and God intervenes and he miraculously rescues them through some plagues. Then even once they're out of Egypt, Pharaoh decides, changes his mind. He's like, no, I want them back. And so he goes after them and God rescues them again by miraculously parting the sea. And they're able to walk through on dry ground. And so that's what's happened um, in the past. God has been protecting them. He's been providing for them, but now they find themselves in the wilderness and their food is running short. They, they, they find themselves without a ton of provision and they start to complain and they start to worry and they start to say, man, what are we going to do? And that's where we find them in the story, picking up in Exodus chapter 16, verse Two. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. And so now they've been freed from slavery. And as soon as things don't go their way, they begin to grumble and complain. And they would really rather go back to their slavery than be free. 
They think that maybe Moses brought them out of their slavery in order to kill them. In fact, they were actually more comfortable in their slavery than they were with freedom. They were more comfortable in that state of being enslaved and having to work for the Egyptians. They seemed to be more comfortable with that because at least there they had some food. And that might sound rather crazy to us. That might sound like, man, what, what is wrong with you? Why would you want that instead? But I think we can do the same thing in our worries and in our fears and in our insecurities. When God calls us, comes along and he calls us out of them, we feel more comfortable sitting in our worry and sitting in our fear and sitting, trying to figure it out on our own, trying to be our own God, trying to play God. We feel more comfortable with that because it's so familiar. And when God calls us out of that, we're like, no, 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 I, you know, I think I'd rather sit here in my fear. I know I can get just so comfortable in my worries and my insecurities that when God calls me to freedom, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, th- I think I've got this figured out. I think I can kind of make, handle this on my own. I'm just so used to my worries over what people might think of me or how a situation might turn out. I'm so used to trying to work it out on my own that when offered freedom, slavery kind of sounds more comfortable to me. I'm just so used to it. Let's look at how God responds to them in their complaints, starting in verse four. And the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough food for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as what they gather on the other days. And so Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you would grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. And so God says, I'm going to provide for you by literally raining bread down from heaven. This is the original cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Like that's, that's what's originally going on here. Great movie. If you like puns, by the way, um, in here, Moses is warning them when, that when you complain, you aren't complaining, uh, really about your situation. You're actually complaining against God. They thought it was about Moses, but Moses is saying, no, 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 this isn't about me. This is about God. And in the same way, in our worries and in our fears, sometimes we think it's about our boss, it's about our job, it's about our family, it's about the situation that we're in. But really what we're reflecting is how much we trust God in that moment. And I want you to notice what God does. In, in verse four, he says that I'm going to test you. I wanna see if you're really going to trust me in this. And so he gives them some specific instructions. They were on days one through five of the week, they were to gather enough just for that day. Only what they needed for that day, not more, not less. And then on day six, they were to gather twice as much, enough for day six and for day seven. And so God wants to know if they're gonna trust him. He's given them some, really this perfect opportunity to trust him completely for everything that they need. And all they had to do was obey him. That's it. They didn't have to go out and plant crops. They didn't have to harvest them. They didn't have to turn that into bread. All they had to do was trust God's plan in that moment. Bread's going to rain down from heaven for them. And so instead of focusing on the problem and how they could fix it, instead of uh, focusing on, man, I'm kind of hungry and I might starve out here in the wilderness. Instead of focusing on all those problems, what they needed to do is trust God. They needed to obey him and they needed to trust him. 
And here's where we find our big truth for this morning. Just like the Israelites, I can quit worry by moving from what if to God will. From moving from a mindset of what if I don't get that job? What if I lose my job? What if my kid gets hurt? What if I don't make it into that school? What if, what if you can fill in the blank? Move from a mindset of that to a mindset of my God will take care of me. My God will be with me and for me. Instead of focusing on all the what ifs and the worries, we need to trust in what God said he will do. And while he has not promised to rain down bread from heaven for us, he has promised that he will be with us and he will be for us in all situations. So no matter what we face in life, we can know that he is with us. So in this story, we're going to find three truths that help us move from worry to trust, from what if to God will. And so let's keep reading in our story in verse nine to find the first one. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight, you will eat meat. In the morning, you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. You see, God heard their complaints. And instead of getting annoyed with them, like you and I often do when someone complains to us, right? God actually moves toward them. Text says that God heard their grumbling and then they are invited near and then they see the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. He actually moves toward them. You see, God hears you when you're worried and when you're afraid. Instead of being annoyed or disgusted or angry as we often think that he is in our mind, his heart has actually moved toward us in compassion. And in times of worry and panic and fear, Our God is coming near to us. The very God who holds the universe in his hand, he wants to be near to you. He wants to be with you. And so if we're going to quit worry, we have to move from what if to number one, God will be near. God will be near. He is not distant. He is not uncaring. He is not absent in the middle of your worries and in your fears. He is actually right there with you. If you will actually take the time to take your eyes off of the what ifs, take your eyes off of those concerns and those worries and instead move them to God because he is near and he is with you. What I've found is that sometimes in the midst of my worries and my fears, I I don't see God because I'm not actually looking for him. I'm too busy thinking about what has gone wrong or what could go wrong or what will go wrong. That I don't even take time to lift my eyes to the fact that God is near. And oftentimes it, it takes a good friend to step into the middle of the mess and help me see that God has been there all along. I've just been so lost in these weeds of what if, so lost in my worries that I haven't even noticed his hand at work. So often I can go about my day, forgetting that God is right there with me. I'll feel alone. I'll feel worried. I'll feel anxious about something. And I just kind of try to white knuckle my way through it, forgetting that the God of the universe is there. He is near. And I, if I would just turn to him, I could find some peace. But so often I just kind of want to go it on my own. I think maybe I'm strong enough, or I think maybe, uh, maybe I'm just uh, too proud to admit that I need some help in this. Sometimes I think we don't feel that God is near in our worries and our fears because 
We expect him to rescue us from the pain or to get rid of that uncertainty. But he's actually looking to use those things to make us more like Jesus. He's actually right in the middle of our problem. He's working through that pain and he's working through that insecurity. And we think he should keep us from the discomfort, but he actually wants to hold us through that discomfort. He's near, he's right there with us. So the solution to worries isn't trying to figure them out on our own, but to be open with them, with God and with others. And in the middle of that honesty, in the middle of that openness, we find that God is near. He's never left us and we can lean on him in all things. Let's keep reading in our story in verse 13 for the next truth that helps us quit worry. That evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they, did, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much and some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. So God miraculously provides bread for them and he gives them only what they need for that day. He tells them to gather only that much, enough for today. And again, as we said earlier, God is testing them in this to see if they're going to trust him. He's giving them an opportunity to trust him and him alone. And everyone ended up having exactly what they needed for that day. When they went according to God's plan, it actually worked out for them. They were told not to keep any for tomorrow, that God would take care of tomorrow They had to just take uh, enough for today. They had to trust in God's plan. They had to trust that he was in control, that he knew what he was doing. And I think one of the things God is doing here is he's trying to give them a break. Like these people had just been enslaved, working all kinds of hours for hundreds of years. And God is giving them like an all expense uh, paid vacation. They literally could just wake up and look, there's food on the ground. Like think about how awesome that would be. But in order to enjoy that, they had to trust in God's plan. They had to trust, they had to really give up the throne of their own lives and them being in charge and them being the one that had the plan and them being the one that was in control. They had to kind of give that up, set that aside and let God be on the throne and trust his plan. Like if you're a planner, you're probably looking at their situation and thinking, you know what, I'm going to, I would start gathering some food, some extra food, just in case maybe somebody runs out or in case we don't have enough or, or maybe just, just maybe God will like forget one day or something. And so we need to make sure that we gather uh, enough or, and you know what? Bread is great, but we need to start finding some other resources because that's going to get old pretty fast. And like on and on the list could go. Like if God does not show up, this is a really bad plan, right? God is giving them an opportunity to be 100% dependent on him and what he would said he would do. And in, in, our, in our life, I think often, we want to be in control, don't we? We want to have a plan. We want things to go according to our plan and the way we think that we should go. But God is giving us the opportunity to instead trust him in the middle of those things. And so if we're gonna quit worry, secondly, we need to move from what if to God will be in control and he can be trusted. 
Instead of focusing on those what ifs, instead of focusing on those things that can go wrong, we have to, to let go and let, let God be in control and trust him. Even when what he's telling us to do might seem a little bit strange to us. Like, again, I don't know about you, but if I was an Israelite, I'd be sitting there like, "Ah, I don't know about this, God. Like, I think I need to gather some extra food. And I think today there's all kinds of times where God is calling us to do things that just don't make sense in that moment. When God started calling me into ministry, I was like, God, you've got the wrong guy. This doesn't make any sense. At the time, I, I didn't see any uh, passions or any skills in my life that would lean in that direction. And I was like, God, you must have the wrong guy. I don't like speaking in front of people. I'm not good at it. Um, there's no way I could be good at a life in ministry. But as I've looked back, as I followed God's plan, I've realized that there's nothing else I would want to do with my life. When God called me here to Bridgewater, that didn't make much sense either. It was the middle of a pandemic Churches were, some churches were not meeting. Some churches were laying off staff because they were not meeting. They weren't sure where they were going to be with their finances. And right in the middle of that, God said, you're going to leave the only church you've ever been at your entire life. And you're going to go start this, uh, an internship at a church you you don't really know very well. It was like, okay, again, if we're thinking about strategic planning, that doesn't sound like a good idea, right? And yet I can't imagine my life without it. I can imagine where I'd be if it wasn't for God's plan for my life. God is going to be in control and we can trust him. And sometimes it's only in hindsight that we really understand what he was doing. But I think sometimes we struggle over what is our role in God's plan? Like, are we just supposed to kind of sit there and and do nothing? Do we wait on him? Are we, are we supposed to be active? Like what is our role in God's plan? Well, Paul Tripp in his uh, book called Instrument instruments in the Redeemer's hand. He has this uh, graphic, these two circles that he talks about that help clarify our role in God's plan and really help us identify what our worries are. And that first circle is the uh, circle of responsibility. Circle of responsibility. These are the things that God has uh, called us to do. And our only, uh, the only thing we need to do is to obey God in this circle. That's, that's our only responsibility, I guess you could say, is, is to obey God. This in, includes roles like being a husband or father, a, a child, a member of a church, a neighbor, colleague, boss. This includes the guidance that God gives us in his word for how we're to, to live our lives. These are our responsibilities, things that we are called to do. The second circle is the circle of concern. These are things that are, uh, we're maybe concerned about, but they are out of our control. They are not our responsibility. There's really not much we can do about them. They're honestly in God's hands. Things like if your child uh, trusts Christ, how your spouse treats you, whether or not you get that promotion at work, your child's safety, what your neighbors and your coworkers are like, uh, things that happen in our world, like the price of eggs, like all kinds of things in life that we might be concerned about, but really we have no control over them. And these are things that we have to entrust to God. We have to trust God in our concerns. We can't make our child trust Christ. We can't give ourselves that promotion at work. These are things that we have to trust God for. Maybe there's some responsibilities that we, that we have that kind of affect that concern. But at the end of the day, these things are in God's hands. But here's what can happen with these two circles is sometimes we try to make responsibilities concerns and we try to make concerns responsibilities. We can try to like mess with them and try to make one circle bigger or smaller. 
the inner circle of responsibility starts to include things in the circle of concern, you're really trying to be your own savior. You're trying to be your own God. You're trying to manage and do things that only God can do. And that produces all kinds of frustration. Often we end up neglecting the very things that God has called us to do because we're so focused on trying to do things that only God can do. When we take on things that are not our responsibility, we're taking on unnecessary pressures and unnecessary worries in our life. We're really creating unbiblical and unrealistic expectations of ourselves. We're trying to play God. We're trying to be God. We're trying to carry weight that he never intended for us to carry. And then we wonder why we're stressed out and worried and anxious. When it comes to that circle of concern, I have to remind myself that I am not responsible for those things. I can be concerned about them, but when I try to become responsible for them, I'm trying to carry a weight that God never intended for me to carry. I think most of our worries come from us trying to do God's job. Listen, church, God is a much better God than you are. And so we need to leave things in his Hands. He does a much, much better job than we do. And on the other hand, if the inner circle of responsibility becomes too small, what we can do is neglect the things that God has actually called us to do. And then sometimes what we'll find ourselves doing is we'll think that God has failed us when in fact, we just haven't done the things that he's called us to do. So an exercise that can maybe help us in our worries and our fears and our place in God's plan is to sit down with a piece of paper and write down all of our worries and all of our fears. And then go through that list and label each one as one of these. Is that a responsibility or is that a concern? And what you'll probably find is that 99% of them are actually a concern. Um, but what you can do as you go through that is label each one a concern and then take the time to just hand that over to God and say, God, you are in control in this situation. I am not. Let me leave that to you. And if there's any responsibilities left, we can maybe make a plan for how we'll attack those. Almost every time I feel overwhelmed, it's because I am trying to grow the circle of my responsibilities. I'm trying to take on an unbiblical, unrealistic uh, expectations for myself. I'm trying to be God. I'm trying to make it happen all on my own. Sometimes we try to control and we try to manipulate all the details and often we end up just sabotaging ourselves. Look at how the, the Israelites do that here in verse 20. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. And so Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot and melted away. And so some of them decided they were going to kind of take it in their own hands and all of it went bad. It was their plan did not work out like they hoped it would. They paid no attention. They decided that, you know what, I, I know God has kind of provided for me all this way. He's provided uh, for us to be rescued from Egypt. He provided for us to be, go through the Red Sea. Um, but, you know, I, th I think I've got a better plan. I think I know what I'm doing. I probably should save some of this for tomorrow. And look at what happens. It never works out when we try to go against God's plan. And I think we can do the same thing in our worries. We end up telling God, you know, I know you made me. I know you hold the whole universe in your hands. I know you've provided for me every step of the way, but you know, I think I've got this one. Like clearly you, you don't know maybe, or you're not listening, or maybe you don't, you're not paying attention enough, or maybe you don't have enough power, or maybe you just don't care enough. So let me take care of this one. 
And while I don't think any of us would say that out loud, and we probably wouldn't even necessarily cognitively think all those thoughts, that's what's going on in our hearts when we hold on to those worries, when we hold on to those fears. Instead of trusting in our control, we need to learn to trust that God is in control. He can be trusted. Well, next in our story, God is going to give them another test. Let's look in verse 22. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And all the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it like it had the last time. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. So here again, God is giving them an opportunity to trust him for their needs. He's providing for them to rest on the Sabbath by giving them extra uh, bread on the day before. He's telling them to trust him for today and tomorrow because he has them covered. So God is telling them, you know what? Slow down. I want you to take a day of rest. A, a Sabbath is the word that it uses here and do no work. But here's the thing about taking a day off. It requires us to trust that God is going to meet our needs. Taking a day off of work means that they have to trust that God is going to take care of Today And in the same way, if we want to quit our worries, we, need have to, we have to move from what if to God will take care of today. God will take care of today. Instead of focusing on all the things that could go wrong, we need to trust that God has today taken care of. He's going to meet our needs. He's going to be with us today, just like he was yesterday. See, God has all that we need for every single day of our lives. But here's the, the question that I think some of us might be asking. Why doesn't God just give us everything right now? Like, if he has the power, if he has the ability to give us everything that we'll need in our entire lives, why doesn't he just give it to us right now? Why does he make us wait for that provision? Well, I think there's two reasons. First, we have a tendency to forget God. Just like the Israelites God will provide for us, and after like three seconds of enjoying that provision, we'll forget where it came from, and we'll start to go off on our own road, and God, in his love, he meets us where we're at, and he says, you know, I'm going to give you what you need for today. I'm going to give you what you need when you need it. See, sin has caused us to think that independence is freedom, but it actually ends up being a prison our own fear, our own worry, our own anxiety, our own trying to make things happen on our own, our trying to be God. You see, we were created to be dependent on God and that is where we find true freedom is total dependence and reliance on him. Well, secondly, God is far more concerned with our spiritual hunger than our physical hunger. And so he'll use our physical needs to help us uh, see that we need to go to him for every single need that we have and find that he is there for us. I think God giving us everything we need up front would be just a little bit like if, if you wrote your child a check to meet all of their financial needs from birth to adulthood. There was a, a study done recently and they found that 
It costs about $350,000 to raise a child from birth to 18 years old. That's a lot of money, right? And so imagine you have a kid, and you just write a check, $350,000. Let's pretend you have that money in the bank for a minute. <laughs> and you just write a check, and you just leave it with that kid, and then you just leave them to fend for themselves for the rest of, the, of their life. You just say, you know what? Um, there's, there's, all, there's all the finan- all the money that you'll need for your life, and so I'm going to go off and do my own thing. You be warm and filled. Um, we would call that bad parenting, right? We would not say that that is a good parent. That par- that child needs more than just money. He needs parents. He needs people to be there for him. He needs people that will love him and teach him how to ride a bike and eat and do all the things that a human is supposed to do. He doesn't just need money. He needs parents. God, as a good father, understands that we need far more than just our, our physical needs met. We need a heavenly father who's there with us each day, guiding us, protecting us, leaning into relationship with us, loving us right where we are. God knows that we need him all along the way, and so he gives us what we need when we need it. Enough for today. Last week, we looked at Jesus' words in Matthew chapter Six And he ends that section with uh, uh, verse 34. And I want to read that for you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Our fears and our worries, they live in tomorrow most of the time, don't they? We can get all worked up about what will happen tomorrow or next week or next year or next decade. That's often where our fears Live And Jesus is saying, you know what? I've got tomorrow under control. Why don't you just focus on today? Today has enough troubles of its own. Like why try to bring tomorrow's troubles into today? That helps no one. It gets nothing uh, accomplished and it ends up just ruining today and tomorrow, right? I've got tomorrow under control. Why don't you just trust me for today? Jesus is really inviting us into childlike dependence and faith in him. He's saying, you know, you know what? You can trust me just like a child trusts their parents. And you know what's great about being a kid? You don't really worry about what's going to be on the dinner table tomorrow, right? You're not really worried about how you're going to pay next month's rent or next month's electric bill. You just trust that your parents have that under control because they've always taken care of you. And so it doesn't even enter your mind as a thing to worry about. You just can go about your day free from that weight, free from that worry and that anxiety. And Jesus is inviting us into that same kind of childlike faith and daily dependence upon him. That's the kind of peace that he's calling us into, the peace of knowing that God has under everything under control, that he's there with us, that he is near to us, and that he's going to take care of today just like he did yesterday. Now, Jesus isn't saying we shouldn't have a calendar, we shouldn't plan ahead, that we shouldn't save money, that we should only have enough fridge, or enough fridge, enough food in the fridge uh, for today. That's not his point. His point is that we don't need to worry about tomorrow because the same God that got us through yesterday is going to be with us tomorrow. The same God that provided for the Israelites miraculously in the wilderness is going to be with us in our fears and in our worries and in our anxieties. The same God who's already met our greatest need in Jesus is not going to just forget about us now. He's going to be there with us and for us. He's going to take care of today and tomorrow. So here's some homework I'd encourage you to do this week. Sit down with a piece of paper or maybe a device and list out all of your worries and all of your fears. 
Some of you will have two and some of you will have 200. That's okay. Whatever it is, just write them down and then go through each one. Try to label each one as a responsibility or a concern. Like I said, I can, I'd be almost willing to bet money that you will find that most of those are concerns. Again, if it's a responsibility, it's something that God has called you to do. You can actually do something about it. But if, if you have no power over it, if you have no control over it, then it is a concern. And what you can do with each one of those concerns is pray and ask uh, and release those things to God and say, God, I can't do anything about this situation. I'd really like to. I'd really like to make it happen on my own. I'd really like this to go according to my plan. But you are God. You are in control. You have a better plan. Just hand each and every one of those things over to him. If there's any responsibilities left on the list, you can maybe make a plan for how you can go about attacking those, knowing that God will be with you and for you. I did this this week and I found that all of them were concerns. There was like one that had like a smidgen of responsibility in there, but all of them were concerns. And I tried to take some time to just hand those things over to God. Don't let tomorrow's troubles ruin today. God will take care of tomorrow. Just focus on what you can do and leave the rest in God's capable hands. Don't try to play God. Don't try to be God. He's much better at that than we are. He'll be with you and he will be for you. And so let's trust him to take care of tomorrow. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it's clear. We thank you that it gives us examples, that it gives us examples that really relate to our lives right where we're at, what we're struggling with, what we're dealing with, that it's not um, fake, it's not uh, trying to make everything look pretty, but it deals in reality. God, I, we come before you knowing that there's probably all kinds of fears and worries and anxieties in this room. There's all kinds of weights that some of us have been carrying around. Some of us have not even realize that that's what we're doing. Maybe we've never admitted it to someone else. Maybe we've never even admitted it to ourselves. but we've been trying to carry around this weight of being God and trying to make things happen on our own. And we've been carrying this weight. And Father, I pray that today we'd be able to lay that aside. Pray that today we'd be able to take you up on your offer to live a life that is free of worry and anxiety because we've handed those things over to you. We take you up on your offer of having daily dependence on you and actually finding freedom there. That is where we'll find joy and peace is when we uh, give all of our worries and our cares and our anxieties to you because you care about us. Father, we thank you that you've already met our greatest need in Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for his sacrifice and that because of that, Anything we face in life, we can know that you are with us. If you've gone to that extent that you sent your son, what else wouldn't you give in order to be with us and to protect us? Father, thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.